one hit too many and I'm like, I need to go home. Everyone hates me. Everyone here thinks I'm weird. They can hear me breathing. They can hear my weird thoughts. The intrusive thoughts. I will be like with an old person and be like, what? Like. (laughs) I would love to know where that one was going. Yeah, I have a song coming out in July. Could you talk about the title? Uh, It's called I Should Have F***ed Your Brother. No, you're joking. No, I swear to God. No, 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 no. No, no, no. (laughs) All right. Before we get started, you wanted to try the new flavor. Mmm, that's good. It kind of... It reminds me of the pear, apple pear one. Yeah. Which is like slightly different, obviously, because it's different. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Sweet. Well, my favorite part of you is when you drink, you close your eyes. Like, you're really into it. It's weird if I keep... Make eye contact. (laughs) While you take a sip, make eye contact. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome back, guys. Uh, you guys are watching the George Janko Show. If you guys are new here, I'm here with my beautiful girlfriend, Shauna Delarica, and my special friend, <laughs> <laughs> Olivia O'Brien. Hey. I- First of all, yeah, we got to give her way more energy, dude. Olivia! Thank you. You are, you are living my dream. And I wanted to say that on camera so you know that I really mean it. Growing up, I was a huge like a huge Hannah Montana fan. And like, I always wanted to be like this pop star where I run around Hollywood with my friends and I make music about my life and the the whole world gets to hear it. And like watching you talk about your life, but then see it come to life with music. Like the first time I heard any of your music was on a, was on a radio station on the way home. And they're like, this is a new song by Olivia O'Brien. And they play the song and I knew what you were talking about and where it came from. And I just think it's the coolest thing ever, dude. Do you ever like, does it ever, like how did it start and how do you feel now that you have like people singing back your feelings on like. I mean, how did it start is like such a crazy question. Cause like you want me to go way back to the beginning. Like, I would, no, I love, I want to dive into like the first time you ever heard music. What inspired first time you? I like, ever heard music. <laughs> I actually don't remember that. I was probably a baby. Um, but I started, <laughs> I started writing songs when I was like as soon as I could write words as soon as I knew how to make things rhyme like and I went to Montessori school when I was little so um they were very into like music and any creative outlet like we'd have we'd have circle time where everyone will get their own little instrument like there was this one that was like a wooden frog and had like the little thing you go like this you know what I'm talking oh about? Yeah, yeah 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 and like what? a little tambourine you don't like, know the frog all... where you rub the back and it, make yeah. and it makes like a noise like a frog uh-huh. oh yeah 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 actually yeah do, so do. we'd have like weird in- little instruments like that and we'd all sing and play our like <laughs> <laughs> instruments and we all had little journals and we could write whatever we wanted and i started writing I, I also really love writing like just like stories. Like right now I'm working on a novel, which I don't know really? if we're ever going to finish. That's yeah. awesome. Um, so you're a writer. Yeah. At the end of the day, like, I mean, obviously I love music, but writing is, has been my passion forever. So when I found like old books of me or like little notebooks of songs that I wrote when I was like seven, <laughs> they were fully, I was like verse one and they were really bad, obviously. Um, but I was rhyming and I was doing it and I was seven years old and I think that's pretty cool. So I've been, it's been a part of my life since I was like literally a child, like since it was humanly possible to write songs, I've been writing songs. Um, and then, you know, as you grow up, you get more self-conscious and you don't want to share those things with the world because, you know, like middle school people are mean and high Mm. school people are meaner. Um, and eventually I got to a point where I was 
so passionate about what I was doing and my like close friends, I would play them stuff and they would be so excited about it. They're like, you should post it. You should post it. And so then that's when I got the courage to start posting on SoundCloud and I would do covers and then also post a few original things. Um, when I posted covers, I would get a lot of <laughs> flack from people in school. They were not very nice about it, but they were especially mean when I posted original stuff. So I ended up deleting like all of that stuff until I did. I hate you. I love you. Um, and then it randomly blew up and then people were even more upset about that. Then they were like, Oh, she must, it, w- it went from like, she's so weird. Why does she think she can do that? Like why, why is she posting that? No one cares. And then as soon as people started caring, it was like, Oh, she must think she's so cool. Like <laughs> leaving and just going to Hollywood. Like you're not even like cool. Like, why are you doing that? <laughs> so you can't, you can't please anyone. Right. So no, no, no you can't. D- does it, does it still affect you now? And also, do you think it was beneficial for them to hate you before for you to deal with it now? Um, I do think that it was beneficial. Like, I think I can deal with hate better now. Not that I'm great at it. I'm definitely not. Like, if I'm already in a bad mood and I see a hate comment, really? it's over you? for me. Yeah. If I'm in a good mood and I see a hate comment, I just laugh. <laughs> so, And it really <laughs> depends. Like, if it's something that just like genuinely really isn't true. Like if I see someone commenting something that's just like a blatant lie or like something made up or just anything like that, that really gets to me because I, I'm just like, I want to shake them and scream and be like, that's not true. Like I never did that or I don't feel that way or that never happened, whatever. Um, but things that are like pointless and stupid, like someone calling me ugly, like I don't care about that anymore. Or like someone saying they don't like my music. I don't care about that anymore either. Cause yeah. I've learned that there are millions of people that do like my music. Yep. Yeah. That's enough. And there's lots of people like that are huge artists or I don't listen to their music, but I still can respect them as an artist. Yeah. I realized the one thing that did affect me when it came to hateful comments is when it's om- it could look like it's true when they yeah. shape my character. And I feel like it hurts because you know more than anybody, like in this industry, when you take the high road, the harder road, the the level where a lot of people would cheap out, take that easy cut. And then they shape you into like a different person that is not who you are. You're like, bro, you have no idea how many sleepless nights I had to become the person that I am. And you're just, and you know what hurts is that people would read it and they'd, it's done. Now they'll never see you the same way. Yeah. And they'll just mm-hmm. move on. And that's... It kills me to to see that and I and I hate that it affects you too. And it's just I'm trying to figure out a way to like give that perfect example of how you could get past it. But even myself I deal with that mm. and it's it's annoying. No, it's almost like you have to see it and then just be like, Okay, I guess this person thinks that and you have to like it's almost you just have to forget about it. You know what I mean? It's really yeah, yeah it's really hard thinking you hate that somebody thinks something and then their their friends maybe they're talking about it and they have this image and it's just so opposite. It's almost you have to just forget about it and know that that's not the truth. You know what I mean? Did it change the way you look at other people? Like you don't quickly take an article or like a... I definitely don't believe a lot of things that I see online. Um, I try not to judge people based off like a parasocial relationship. I don't know them. They don't know me. Even if I'm acquainted with someone, I don't really know them, right? So I can see something and be like, well, whatever. If it's like something horrific and there's proof and evidence and someone's done something horrible... I'm probably going to be a little judgmental of that. But um, I know for one thing, like I would be so like I can be very sarcastic. I'm not always the most bubbly, like fake nice kind of person all the time. And I feel like a lot of times those people are overcompensating for the fact that they aren't actually that nice of people. Yeah, yeah, I know. But 
sometimes I feel like I, my worst fear is that I'll come off to someone as like a bitch because I don't have that kind of personality all the time or like I'll have a really bad day and maybe I'll run into someone and I'm not like at my best and I'm not at my most happy and I might seem like I'm being mean when really I'm just dealing with stuff internally. So my worst fear is that someone will think that I'm like a mean girl or a mean person Mm -hmm. or that I would bully someone or anything like that. And like, I don't know, I've just gone through so much in my life that, um, especially as far as like bullying and that kind of stuff, I would, I just would hate for anyone to, feel like I am the kind of person to do that to someone um so I worry about that a lot but the thing about it is you can never like everyone's going to perceive you from their own way like everyone sees the world from their own perspective through their own lens from their own personal experiences what they've been through they're jaded in their own ways that are completely different from the ways that you are um and it's not your fault if someone like as long as you are being a good person Mm -hmm. and you follow your values and you do what you know is right um there's nothing you can do if someone thinks something else about you like there's just literally nothing you can do I wish so badly that I could go up to every single person in the world and just like explain my story and like just like somehow like telepathically like no my heart who i am yeah Yeah. like this is who i am social media has helped a lot i mean think about if you didn't have an outlet to like post and like these stories of them seeing your personality like even you putting a cup on your head and balancing it like they see that you have like this kid like mentality um and so it it does help uh but it also can make things worse because then people assume they know you because they know that they know this person that you portrayed online and that's only point zero 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 one percent even someone like me who share overshares a lot of things like i post i i sing and write about how i'm feeling all the time i will i go on podcasts and i talk about my life like i want people to know who i am and about my life but it still can be interpreted however people want to interpret it because they're still seeing me through their lens people can decide they've already they already hate you you could say the nicest thing in the world and they can be like she's a bitch you could say the most intelligent Mm -hmm. thing in the most articulate thing in the world and they'll be like she's an idiot like you some people just have predisposed yeah ideas about you and that's it and you can't fix it and we were just actually talking about this remember with wayne it's it's not how even how you sometimes it's not how the person says it or what they say it's how the other person's going to take it and you could be saying it with the best intent possible but if that person decides to not take it the right way and it hurts them like you know their emotional intelligence gets hurt then that's how they react and we're just talking about like other people's reactions you can't control that you know yeah everything's about perspective like every single thing is about perspective and what gives me like these moments where I'm like, I can't breathe is knowing that I'll never be able to understand everybody's point of view. And that scares the shit out of me because what am I coming off as? Am I coming off as like eager to please because I'm like just annoying or is it, does it come off like, Oh, I really love your company. I want to make sure you're comfortable and happy. Like there's a lot of times where the person who's over talking is just trying to please the room. Mm -hmm. And so like I, I, I have so much empathy that if somebody walks in feeling uncomfortable, sad or upset, I feel that energy. So my immediate concern is like, okay, like change it, like try to figure it out. And then I get in my own head, be like, oh, well, how do I look like right now? Am I, do I look desperate? Do I look this? Do I look that? And so I'm always chasing a point of view. But the times that I feel like I'm at my best state of myself is when 
It's not that I'm in this like, I don't give a fuck about your point of view. It's truly when I'm just focused on my own point of view. Mm-hmm. But it is a little bit of like, I don't give a fuck about your point of view. You have to have a little bit of that, a little bit of like, I, I don't care if maybe you took what I said differently. And it is hard to not care. Yeah. Like, I care so much. It's Especially a, it's a if you're a good person, which mm-hmm. both of you guys are. You you both are, you know, very empathetic. And and I, and I like you said, you, you feel people's emotions when they walk into a room. And that's that's affecting you. Mm-hmm. You want to make other people feel better. But there's a certain point where it's like you kind of can't like it's yeah, you do as much as you can and then whatever. And if someone's perceiving you as like, oh, he's trying too hard to like make me feel like that. You can't worry about you mm. do your best to make everyone <laughs> feel good and then you let it be if they don't they still don't feel good. then what that's obviously their internal thing. Do you have anxiety really bad or something? Because that's I have OCD <laughs> and I feel like that all the time. So you're so. I, I, I dude, I'm right down in it. So, yes, I do. But I'm very, very, very good at controlling it. Mm-hmm. Um, my spirituality's helped me a lot. Yeah. Meditating's helped me a lot. I was going to ask if you meditate. Yeah. Meditating helps a lot. Um, th- to be honest, the reason I got into smoking weed was to help me out with that. Uh, I do regret it. Weed gives it. me anxiety. Weed is like it's a fucking bitch of a relationship, dude. Like it's like I all these people are like. First of all, I hate everybody who told me that marijuana isn't addicting. You're liars. You oh, all of you guys totally are. Addicting. It's so addicting. Um, it's a habit. And then it's like a you never. There's no limit, right? So like one time you could take two puffs and be like, I'm flying. This is perfect. And then you take three and you're like, my mom hates me. I should have yeah. never been born. Like, <laughs> Literally. You know, that's like, how, yeah. <laughs> it's such a like delicate dance that you have to like figure out. Yeah. Oh my God. One, one hit too many. And I'm like, I need to go home. Everyone hates me. Everyone here thinks I'm weird. They can hear me breathing. They can hear my weird thoughts. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm going to die. Yeah. Bro, I dude, mm-hmm. when I was in uh, I was in this thing called resource class. I don't know if anybody ever like heard of that. If you were kind of stupid in school you probably heard of it because that's just your your me uh and i was in class and we have like student aid so we have like teachers and students helping you read and i didn't know i was dyslexic so like they're helping me read and and i remembered this certain situation because dude it made me i was sweating when i was in the second grade or first grade i truly thought people could hear my thoughts And so if I said anything mean about anybody in my head, I would out loud be like, I'm just kidding. I would never feel that way. And then I would like say nice things about them in my head. And then I wouldn't be paying attention to class. So I would fail because I was being nice to people in my head. Yeah, you have severe, severe anxiety. Do you you know if you have OCD? Terrible OCD. Okay, okay. But I can can, The intrusive thoughts too are like so crazy. Like I'll I'll be driving and I'll just like have a thought of like, I'm just going to drive off the road. Like it's not my actual. (laughs) thought but like your brain i think that too like i think it's like a normal thing but we just don't talk about it because i have like some you know you have a really dark thought you're like why would i want that to happen i don't want that to happen i have horrifying 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 ones like i can't even (laughs) talk about it like i will sit like i will be like with an old person and be like what like Like, so, like someone I would love like, to know where that one I'll was going. No, like like someone that I just like really do not would would ever would not ever like have sex with, and I'll be like, oh my god, like you like this what person if? has sex. Like, what if we had sex right now? Like, I don't. It's not me. It is you guys. I swear. If you have OCD, you get it. It's no, not, but that's the realest. Are you thing. sure you were just aroused by this old man? No, because because the, the way that you know it's an intrusive thought is because you're like, ew, ew, like, no, 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 yeah. stop. And then you can't get it out of your head because you're like, oh, I thought about that. Oh my god, ew, I want to throw up. And, and then, then like, sit there and then I sit there it. thinking about it, and I can't focus on what's happening because I'm like, Ugh. why did my brain just like that was not me? That was yeah. a thought that just 
came there. I don't know where it came from. Yeah. And then yeah. do you ever be like, I want to tell a friend, but then you're like, no, then they're going to live it with me and then talk about it. No, I would never tell my friends. No, because it's don't you have so many of those random thoughts like along the day? You just like think about all these random things or like you see something and you know that some terrible people do things like that. And you're like, what if they did? Th- I don't know. Yeah. You're, just like, you're like, what if this happened? Yeah, but they get, they're either like minor or they're like really just like debilitatingly yeah. horrifying. And, I'm, and I, I remember one time I asked Kelsey, I was in the car with Kelsey and I was like, Hey, do you ever like have random thoughts where you're just like, like you're standing on like a ledge, like looking at a view or something, and you just like imagine yourself like throwing your phone <laughs> off? Yeah, yeah. You're like, and what if I drop this? Like, and you're just like in your head. And she was like, "No," and I was like, "Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe I should get checked out." <laughs> yeah, you you need a therapist and you need an exorcism, dude. <laughs> no, I, think I swear it's a syndrome of OCD. I have a whole TikTok community where I watch videos about it so I don't feel alone. It's like, well, yeah, when you see those funny videos of somebody doing something crazy and people comment, they let their intrusive thought win. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> dude, you know, uh, I'm sorry. Mine will never win. I will push those down. Yeah. They're not me. It's not me. Like, exactly. I, stuff that I would never, ever, ever. They're demons. Ever, yeah. They're literally demons. They're demons. They're you know demons. what? And I got to admit, I got these demons. demons have a sense of humor bro because the way they come about it is like you know what they are they're tiktok comments have you ever read tiktok comments they're the meanest comments yeah they're the meanest comments but they're the funniest they're super funny yeah they're hilarious sometimes i won't laugh at the video but then i'll just go to the comments and i'll just cry (laughs) (laughs) what are you thinking about which one are you I just because every time I watch a funny video and then you know you go to the comments and the top comments something that's just like it's always you're crazy. like damn yeah. you're like how could you say that you know yeah. oh are you scared of AI of like taking over like you singing and writing because like dude these Drake AI songs are bops bro like like I, don't get me wrong as an artist shame on them but as a <laughs> consumer wow my gym sessions have been fire lately oh my god Georgie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, but like, I love you so much. I think it's just like something that's fun. It's not like there are like are there ones that actually writing new Drake songs? No, it's just like you covers. Haven't right? You haven't heard these Drake bops? No. Oof. I we came be, in I, with my ex, like Selena, the, the flex, flex. bumping Justin Bieber, the fever. Ele- like these are like hard bars, and I'm like, yeah. Just, and then the weekend singing about it, I'm like, he dated Selena. This is vile. Like, it, I was just in it like this. I see as an artist, you're upset about this. No, I mean, like, I'm not. <laughs> I'm Drake, so Drake has enough money, so it's fine. And, like, I also think that there's, like, with maybe with being a rapper, like, it's kind of easier to for AI to do that. But I think with, like, when I'm, like, singing, especially the kind of music that they I make Michael now. Jackson they songs. literally will imitate. You will never know if it's you or not. It's scary. Yeah, it's pretty scary. I feel like I opened. I don't think there's. I don't think there's enough. I don't think there's enough audio of me actually singing well to my full capacity because I just started doing that recently. Like my first, my last song I just put out is the first time I've ever actually sang like using my full actual voice. So it wouldn't sound good. It would be like my old shitty voice when I used to sing bad. So one maybe after my next album comes out, then there will be enough content for the AI to make me singing well. Would it bother you, or would you be like, yeah, I don't care? I mean, like, if people want to listen to that, that's fine. But, like, where, what's the point? So, okay. So <laughs> in a Drake song, I get it. It's like, okay, this is fun. But, like, most yeah, of my fans. it's not you. You're like, yeah, yeah Drake's fine. My, <laughs> no, but most of my. <laughs> He's made millions. It's okay. <laughs> but also most of my fans, like, they, it's like, they want to hear, like, a sad song or, like, an angry song about being cheated on or whatever it yeah. is. Like, it's the emotion of, of it. Like, you gotta hear like these songs, me listening bro. to Phoebe Bridgers, like, I wouldn't want to, like, 
like do they I have wanna... Amy Winehouse songs that are like insanely like? But her. it's not Amy. It's if she it's didn't Amy's write pot. it. But if she didn't write it and didn't come from her soul, then I don't care. Amy Winehouse mm-hmm. is my favorite artist. I have a tattoo of her on my arm. I so still... does that bother you that they have like Amy Winehouse songs that are like coming out? They're like making her sing like Michael Jackson songs and stuff. I mean, if it's a like making her sing covers. And I think like originals now, I'm not sure. But if they're I'm making saying, original stuff, that does bother me because she is dead. Um, and like maybe don't do that. But <laughs> um, I just I just think that if a song isn't coming, if a song is like a, a an emotional thing, mm-hmm. it should come from the artist or the writer or whatever. I just wouldn't I wouldn't feel a personal connection to that. I don't think. I get what you're saying. It's like when you love an artist and when they drop a new song, you're like, oh, I can't wait to hear them talk about like whether this was about the relationship that they were just in yeah. or because you like have that connection with that like artist. Justin Bieber, maybe. No, but you want to know Selena Gomez in the weekend. But maybe? no, Georgie, it's she's not saying, about that. It's yeah. not about you want to know their real thoughts like from yeah. them personally. Like, Fuck when, their real like thoughts. I'm trying to hear that song as a bop, bro. Dude, I'm telling you, this shit hits. And I just I was scared about it because I was listening to it. But anyways, the reason I brought it up is because Yesterday I was smoking and I, I had an epiphany, bro, because I was really, really scared about the AIs taking over, like, like, like super concerned, not for me, because it's going to fail regardless for me, but it's just for like normal humanity of like, uh, like, like McDonald's, right? Like it's just robots now. Right. Yeah. And like all these people like Amazon, like there's videos of them crying outside of the warehouse because they have no more jobs and yeah. like they're getting fired. So I was really scared about that. But then I just thought about this. It would just take America one law. To be like, you have to incorporate a human being with the AI that you're using. Yeah. So then I eliminated my fears. Well, it's like anything, you know, they're going to they're going to make boundaries about it. I feel like a lot of the new things that come out, they kind of let them come out and people use them. And then they're like, OK, we have to like make laws and we have to make boundaries with this. Yeah, I think yeah. it would work. But uh, not to like scare anybody, but like <laughs> it was just one. Somebody said that there's an AI in the dark web. And that, that, I don't love that. Of course there is. You know what I'm saying? Because we don't even know. Have you ever been to the dark web? No, I'm not trying to go to prison. <laughs> what? Uh, is it a, wait, is it illegal to, to like visit yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, you have to have like a VPN on. to. How do you even get to yeah. the dark? That's a whole thing. I don't know. Well, hold on. Hold on. I didn't say I was on it. I was just wondering. You definitely. I've never been on the dark web. I've never been on the dark web. Sure. One time I needed a spleen. But besides <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, um, but. Actually, I had a question speaking about real thoughts and like your real words that are coming from the artist, you know, do you ever because I know that you get pretty like vulnerable when you write music and you put out songs and then people might be able to kind of like, you know, line up the doll, the dots about like who it may be about and things like that. Like, does that stress you out when you want to put your feelings into a song, but then you know that the person's going to hear it and know it's about them? Yes and no, because by the time the songs come out, usually like things are so over between me and the person. Okay. Um, like my whole first album, like my full first full length project, I think I released in like 2019. It was all about the same guy and like pretty much every single song we were not talking at that point. Yeah. And now I'm actually kind of friends with him again. He like moved away and dropped off, dropped off the face of the earth. Like actually, um, was it cause of your music? <laughs> yeah. Was it? No, no. Oh, I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> no. She's all moved on. Yeah, I forgot about no, it. No, 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 I mean, we actually, we, we like, yeah, we were fine afterwards, but I, I, it's not like I said anything that I hadn't really told him or that he didn't already know. Like, he knew I was, like, in love with him. And do he you, knew do you call them and give them a heads up? Or do you, like... It depends. Like, um, 
It depends on the person. That's so much power. Yeah. That's so much it power. Is, but also, I've found that because of the type of people that I date and like, they are not usually too affected by my words, even if I'm saying something really mean. Because mm-hmm. a lot of them may be, you know, like a narcissist or something along those lines. Do you chase these type of men because you know that you could write music off of them? Um, I do think that's a part of it. I used to, like, say, like, oh, I'm a martyr. Like, I'm doing it for my... For my uh, girls that need these songs like they can't put it into words so like i'll just go through the experiences for them so that i can because i know i can put it into the words that's crazy you went from martyr to murderer <laughs> you just kill the men on a track <laughs> dude have Good the one. whole song just like like the whole crowd is singing back have you ever okay have you ever You're dated die when you hear my next song oh no i'll play it for you after this it's can so... we play it on here or no it's no impossible. it's not it's not like we're working on changing some words but <laughs> we're working on changing his <laughs> name there's no name in it but you're gonna it's really funny Ooh, okay, I, can't I can't wait, wait. me neither Ooh, we're gonna get a little I know. <laughs> <laughs> babe babe you, you can't do that why not <laughs> it's way too white <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, let's jump back into music. Now you are, uh, you're clear. You are now not with the label. Mm-hmm. Um, do you ever see yourself going back to a label? I think absolutely. I signed when I was 16 and I had one song out. It was a hate way. I love you. It was like a massive hit randomly out of nowhere. I was literally just in high school. I'd never been in a recording studio. I'd never written a song with anyone else ever. Um, and suddenly I was in LA every weekend doing meetings and I got a manager and, a, a, a label and a publisher and a lawyer and everything and it all just happened at once i'd never been in a freaking writing session not once the the the, the story to this is actually pretty cool can we open up that yeah. i remember you were you flew to la 16 yeah mm-hmm. and you worked with this gentleman in a garage it wasn't even like a full-blown recording studio yeah he had a little studio set up in his garage um in the back of his it was like a detached garage in the in his parents backyard um and I already had the song fully written and like everything and he heard it or I sent it to him and he was like, I want to produce it for you. Come to L.A. And I walked I, I went there and walked up to the door and like didn't want to go. I started crying and my dad was like, it's OK, you can go. <laughs> Ended up being fine. Obviously, we recorded the song and then he sent it back to me with um, a verse on it that he wrote, which I didn't even know what was going to happen at the time. I thought he was just going to produce it for me. And we put it out as his song featuring me and then. Um, it got it just randomly blew up. It blew. It's kind was of was he a was, big artist already? No, yeah. he had like some. He how knew did a lot you of, become a feature on your song? Um, because he so the, how I found him was he was opening up for Black Bear and Mod Sun on tour, and I was mm-hmm. like a big fan of them at the time. So I did. A, I was looking up who was opening, and I found his song. He had one song out on the time. It was like back when SoundCloud was like. If you were cool, you only listen to music. Yeah, on SoundCloud. yeah, yeah. So he had uh, well, like one song out on SoundCloud, and I did a cover of it. And I was like, I guess the first person to ever cover one of his songs. So he reached out to me on Twitter and was like, Hey, you should come to the show in San Francisco. And blah 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 blah. Do you have any original music? And I sent him, I hate you, I love you. Then that's when I went to LA and did all of that stuff, and it ended up being his song, like being his song featuring me because I had 250 followers on SoundCloud and he had like 2,500 or something, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and he was, he lived in LA. He was friends with a bunch of YouTubers. He had just done a tour with like artists that were pretty, it was just a good business move. It seemed like it at the time. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, yeah, 
I have I have fifty percent publishing, so I can't complain. Re- regardless <laughs> of where, like, whose song or how it is, it, that was the door that opened up for yeah. you for like all of the blessings that come to roll out after. Yeah, and I'm really grateful for it because I didn't <clears throat> know what my direction was as an artist. I'd only ever made songs with just like a couple chords on guitar, a couple mm. chords on piano. I wasn't a great player of either, um, but I could I could get by. Um, and yeah, I didn't know what kind of sound I wanted. So not having it be my first like debut kind of took a little bit of pressure off of me. Like I could, I could just kind of figure my stuff out and not have to stress like immediately have a big follow up thing. So I was grateful for that. But yeah, I signed to my label at 16 with no experience, nothing started going to writing sessions. I didn't know how they worked. I would walk in and be like, I already have the song written. And they were like, okay, like, <laughs> with a producer. And like, they would try to like build a track around it. And then I would just sing it and leave. Like, I didn't know how to collaborate at all. People probably thought I was the, I, not probably, a lot of people were like, she's, something's wrong with that girl. Like, she's a bitch. Like, why doesn't she want to work with us? And I'm like, I don't know how this works. No one told me how this works. Yeah. Point of view, a perspective. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. And okay. I was also really depressed and like not okay and I had no idea what was going on. So I would sit in the corner and be like, I have the song done. And then I would like, <laughs> go and like record it. And like listening back to like vocals I did at the time, I'm like, why did no one tell me to like sing this differently? You probably and, scared like, the fuck out of me. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, I was just, I don't know. It was a whole thing. It takes years to figure out. And everyone does write differently. Mm-hmm. And every session is going to be different. And you have to adapt. But I had no, I, I had literally no clue what was going on. Not, like, I, I had no idea. No one tells you, like, you're going to go into a session and you have to be collaborative and you have to do this. Like, they, no, they just put you in a room with people and you just have, you have to meet them, tell them what you want to write about and your deepest, darkest secrets and, like, <laughs> figure out, like, At least it's you came crazy. prepared, you know? Yeah, it's like. So we got your list. Um, We can't, we can't write about it. <laughs> no, it's crazy. illegal. Your truth is your truth is not written about. Those do not get written down. <laughs> um, is there any song that you okay, for example, um there's a lot of artists that have hit songs that blew up that they didn't even want to go out. Was there a song that did really well for you that you didn't expect to do well that you were like, Oh, I just I just made that for no reason, like or just to try it or was there a song? No, that- because when you're signed to a major label, if there's a song that they don't think is going to do well, they don't even, they won't put it out. Like, cause they're paying for it. Like they're not going to waste their money. Was there a song um, that you have to fight them on? Like, Hey guys, Jocelyn, shut up. Not on putting it out. We we're going to put it out, but they thought, so I put, that was when I was doing my three, my, um, micro mixtapes. So it was like two or three songs on a little mini project. So that was number two. And they thought that the single was going to be the song called was it all in my head. And we made a music video for it. I hated the music video so much. I, scrapped it oh so and it's not I, out yet it's, it's never, never it's never coming out no <laughs> um and then jocelyn we we put out the project immediately everyone's like oh my god jocelyn's so good jocelyn's so good and i told them i was like i think jocelyn's gonna be the song that that is does well and lo and behold you were right i was right low five <laughs> um no it's nice it's nice being independent because i don't have to worry about that and i can if i have faith in something i can kind of just do it myself the only thing that sucks is like there is a little bit of politics within the music industry being signed to a major label you have access to things you just don't have as an independent artist Mm. you can do kind of like an in-between deal with something like like there's a company called AWOL which is probably the most popular uh one that people use where you do like kind of a distribution deal so you get like you do like a 70 30 split instead of like a 
they take all your money split. Yeah. Um, and you get like a little bit of a budget for certain things and whatever, but you don't get the whole like spiel, the whole like giant machine when you're with a major. I remember when I first came here, it was for music and just listening to how these artists are talked to and like pushed on when it comes to projects, it's no longer passion. It's very much business. It is very much business. And did that ever like eat your soul up? I mean, the music industry with, I mean, with a lot of things has changed so much with the times and with the internet, especially like it's I think helped. we all remember when, you know, like people stopped buying CDs and everyone went to iTunes and then there was like the whole like LimeWire and like legally mm -hmm. downloading things. And then there was streaming and now streaming doesn't pay the writers well enough. And then like radio is kind of dying but it's still really important to have the songs on the charts and there's a whole weird thing and the problem is that nobody at these labels no, none of these music executives they could think that they have the next big artist and it could completely flop like they don't know what's going to happen next they can't tell they, like they think they do but they genuinely can't even even tiktok which is a relatively new way that of like getting music out there that has completely, completely changed the industry. In like 2000, in like 2020, you could pay Addison Rae and Charlie D'Amelio to make a video of your song, instantly it would go viral. Like mm -hmm. that was it, that was all it took. So if you had the money back behind you, if you had a major label that would be able to pay their rates, instantly, like as long as the song was like, you know, not awful, it would Does go that viral. go crazy for the artist that like, I'm imagining somebody like you from a different state producing music and you come to these meetings where you think, you know, it's a billboard or they introduce you to J-Lo. But now they're like, hey, there's a guy on TikTok that goes like this. Well, We're it's marketing. To, it's yeah, just marketing. But like in their mind, they're like, what the fuck? Like, this is very weird. Times turn quicker now. Like what is good last year is no longer good now. And that's very new for the industry because usually industry goes with at least a decade, like a decade. It would be this is how things go. Like, I don't know if you were you were here like 10 years ago. If you even had a social media presence, people did not want to associate with you. They thought it was very cheesy and weird. And now you can't book a role or even promote music without a social media presence. Mm -hmm. But even the way that like social media is used to market music is different from three years ago. Like you can't do that anymore. You can't just pay like a top influencer to use your song. It's it, that doesn't that's not going to work. It's oversaturated. So mm -hmm. the, the market's oversaturated. And also people don't do the little th this thing. Now that's not good anymore. The little dances. Like yeah, that's it's not, not really dances it's, anymore. It's I mean, true. like a little bit, but it's like rare. And it's not more like like the one I'm thinking of right now that's working is like uh dochi, like what it is. Oh, what's up? I mean, like that song, you know, that song. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, there's it a dance for wasn't that. that already a song, though. That's a that's a it's a, it's a uh, interpolation. But it's this girl dochi. But that song, th that dance is like going kind of big right now. But it's not the same thing. It's not like the like. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's different. <laughs> like yeah. it's different. And and the way that the influencers like, yeah, the, we still have these mega famous like TikToker people, but they've also branched into other things. Like yeah. Charlie's doing other things. Addison's doing other things. They're all doing different things. It's not the same. Like everyone was we, we thought we had it figured out in 2020 there was like oh, okay there is a mathematical like equation to like make a song pop off or at least help it yeah now no, nobody knows what they're doing yeah. before i left my label um all all i was told was just make tiktoks make tiktoks that's how you promote music make tiktoks make tiktoks and i'm like why are you guys making 
all of my money and you're supposed to be paying for like the marketing and all this stuff. I'm doing all my marketing. I'm doing all my marketing. I'm doing everything and I don't get to control. I had this song called What Are We um, that I wrote in 2019 and it it was supposed to be like the next song that I was putting out was going to be huge and everyone loved it and blah, 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 blah. And we had like one of this, the biggest writers in the industry on it and the biggest producers in the industry on it. Then the president of my label leaves and then like all this stuff happens and then it's shelved for so long and it took three years for it to come out because we had we've had four different presidents since I was at my label since I was 16 my A&R got fired and then the president at the time the so what basically I was signed to this one president and one A&R and like when you get signed to certain people they're the ones they're they're your champions at the label so they're excited to have you they're like we want you we're gonna do this for you your A&R is your point person they like put you in sessions and just make sure like just get you in the right rooms get you in the right places they're your your biggest fan your biggest supporter and then you know you obviously want the president to like you too because at the end of the day they have a lot of say um there's also like general manager and like product manager and all these titles all these people there's a lot of people to go a lot of people and Every single person that I had signed with that, or that was there when I signed was gone within like a year. Um, mm-hmm. and so they have to shift you to a table where they already have enough artists so they can't even get to you in time because they have to take care of their artists. Is that how it's working? Well, no. So, so I had, you know, the people that I was like, okay, great. Like they're really excited about me. Like we're going to do this. Then the president leaves. And then, so I have still have my A&R. We get a new president. I was really excited about him. And I was in the middle of working on my first album. So I basically kind of finished the album and I presented it to the label. And I was like, here you go. Like, this is it. We put it out. Immediately afterwards, he fires my A&R. And then he was like, oh, great. Okay, now we can actually work on developing you as an artist. Like, we, we, now we've just like kind of put that out and it's we can just, whatever. Now we can actually really work on developing your your sound and I was like what and he was like yeah I just really wanted to like finish up whatever you were doing with her because I wanted to fire her and then we could like move on and I'm like so you you didn't want to like tell me anything you didn't want to like give me any advice you just wanted me to put out what I had and be done with it and then move on later then he leaves the label we don't have a president for like eight months I want to say I could be wrong on that timeline but something a long long period of time it might have even been longer than that so like we had like an acting president, but like he didn't, he was just kind of trying to take over while we were waiting for the new presidents to come. They were in contract with another label until the top of that next year, January 1st, so that they could come in. So How are you and, not scared and about I had going a new, to another label then? Uh, well, I am. That's, that's why I'm independent right now. Um, and yeah, so I have a new A&R. I had already gone through two presidents. I'm about to get two new presidents that are going to be like co-presidents. And then during that time when we didn't have a president, like, I mean, this happens all the time with labels, but nobody knows how to budget anything correctly, I feel like. We'll always spend money on, like, the wrong things. Like, spending a crazy amount of money on, on like, like, if I, I don't get crazy music video budgets. When I was with my label, I didn't get crazy music video budgets by any means. Um, I would have to, like, fight for enough money. But then they would spend it wrong. They'd be like, well, we need to get the best producer for this or the best director for this or whatever and then it would end up like just not being good and we, i'm like i know we could have made something better for thirty thousand dollars or however much oh the i'm sorry was. what thirty thousand uh like 
that's like a, a 30, low end th- music video. Thirty thousand <laughs> for a label is low. Yeah, but but, but if you're not with a label and you work with the right people, you can make in, something makes insane so much. For 30K. Yeah. So insane. I yeah. I wrote a lot of treatments for artists mm-hmm. in the music video. Uh, for music, sorry, in the music video mm-hmm. for music videos. Um, I'm not gonna sit here and list the artists because like it's pointless. Not my industry, but I made really 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 good uh, relationships with people that produce music videos. Um, and Stanaj, my one of my good friends. Uh, he had like literally he goes hey dude I'm doing this by myself it's like for 5k and that whole thing looked like it was $200,000 like if you watch it you'd be blown away I would love to connect you with them because they love working with artists that are by themselves and they're like really good I'll show you some stuff you you would really be blown away I think you need to stick to yourself for a bit because you have so much more than an artist nowadays have I feel like you're, you're like the Conor McGregor of the UFC right you have the whole package of like you could perform it and you could like the write. Analogy. What? That was a good analogy. No, yeah, it was just funny. You compared to fighting. <laughs> okay, well, you're the, the you're you're the It was a good example. It was just cute. It was we were laughing. Uh, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Well okay. basically I see it that way. And I really want to see you shine on your own because dude, all those hurdles, man, like that's a lot of fucking also like and, and for those of you guys that are not like doing this as work, I couldn't imagine how uninspired I would be to work on stuff if like every mm-hmm. two seconds you would work for a one straight week for hours and hours a day. And then they'll be like, okay, now we can just move on and do that. You're like, yeah. bro, that's soul crushing. That's not even, so I'm really sorry you yeah. had to deal with that. And but by, I'm, I'm by also, the end of it, I'm very excited about your success. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> but, thank you. No, by, and by the end of it, it was, it was so, I just felt like every time there was a change in, in like, in personnel and whoever was working there, every time there was a change, like it just felt so defeating because I had to, I had to like meet someone else and explain my whole personality to them and my whole thing and whatever it was. And then by the time it's supposed to come out, I'm like already on to something else. And, and that stuff never got to come out because the people that were going to, that were excited about it, they're gone. And then we just spent my whole budget on something that we should have doled out completely differently. And we did like, it. I just feel like I made every wrong decision. Every mo- can't speak English. I feel like I made <laughs> I feel like I made every single wrong decision that I possibly could have but it's not even my fault also like it's just like maybe I picked the wrong label um so yeah and I know a lot of people have problems the same problems that I do at other labels so it's it's not mine in general it's no it's a, it's a lot of them thing. it's Industry's a lot of them lost. it's not all but yeah there it's just so lost right now and if I'm going to have to be doing it all on my own anyway, then I might as well make my streaming money and, and do it myself. And I, mm-hmm. I can do it myself. And I'm, I've been working with this producer um, who's pretty much doing like my whole next project. There's like a couple songs that I think might be with other producers, but we're in like every single day. All It's all organic instruments. He like used to be a drummer in a punk band. So he's like an incredible drummer. And he's also, you know, he plays everything. But we have all real all real organic instrumentation on everything we're doing like these crazy big pop hooks it was so funny because the other day he was like hey i could never do this like, <laughs> we're doing like like think again my like, friend i was kidding no like when you're like when you actually hear the sound of like recorded real actual drums and like all the like things that he does to, like it's you you can't fucking replicate that shit right. like it's so good and and that's what i've always really wanted to do i feel like i finally like kind of found my sound which i also say that every time that i'm like excited about something i'm like i finally found my sound but <laughs> but i actually 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 did because he makes me sing like i've never sang before and it's just so 
rewarding and he told me that I was the best female vocalist he's ever worked with and I used to think I was horrific at singing like I because my sister was like really really good and she was a soprano and she would come in my room and tell me I was bad now she just tells me it's because she wanted me to stop singing because she wanted to do her homework but (laughs) you know and I was also bullied and whatever whatever so I was afraid to use my voice so I would sing really softly like Mm -hmm. I was I the other day I was just like curious and I listened to I hate you I love you and then listened to my new song born with a broken heart back to back and I was like holy shit like I can sing and I didn't know because I was so scared to belt I was so scared to like do all these things because I thought that I would have a voice crack which by the way who cares if you have a voice crack like hit the fucking notes who cares mm-hmm. um and I started recently like in like a couple weeks ago um going to vocal lessons and stuff just because I want to like oh be you able just to- started doing vocal yeah. lessons Whoa. I mean I've done like a few here and there um throughout my career and stuff but I just started regularly going because I'm like I want to be able to belt and sing to my full potential forever because I love this and this is how I'm supposed to be sounding like Mm. my inspiration for everything right now is like 2008 to 2010 like Katy Perry stuff so like real pops real pop shit but um like with a little bit of like almost a rock kind of influence not like the pop punky shit but it's um yeah it's really it's really dope um what do you amazing what do you think uh Olivia Rodrigo, mm-hmm. she does the whole pop rock thing. Pop punky. Thing. Are you a fan of her her music? Yeah, I like. I like. I I was started saying this earlier, but I don't really listen to pop music. Like, it's not like something I put on in my car. Like, I when when her songs come on, I'm like, I know the words because I heard them like on the radio and everywhere. Like, I'll sing along and I yeah. love them. But it's not something that I put on in my like when I'm by myself. I don't listen to pop music or anyone comparable to me because I would either compare myself to them or think that i would have written something differently i overanalyze it i'm like oh yeah that, that this is like i would have chosen a different drum for this or i would have done this differently i would have done a different pre-melody like i'm so over analytical <laughs> about it so mm. i like can't listen to pop music for leisure like, what do you listen to um like honestly all older music for the most part or just like indie music that i just know i could never make or i there when i was first starting out I only listen to R&B. So like a lot of my earlier stuff, it has a little bit more R&B influence. That's you can kind of hear. all I hear. listen to is R&B. Yeah. <laughs> like Mario 90s style? Um, <laughs> a little bit. It was more like... Or like boys to men. like. No, more like... I mean, more like... I don't know. I guess... Kehlani. Ke- well, Kehlani was like... Because I'm from the Bay Area, so like Kehlani, since she was like a little SoundCloud, like everyone I found on SoundCloud. Wait, um, she was from SoundCloud? I mean, that's how I, that's how I found her. Wow. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. She like loves Kaylani. way back, like 2014. Um, yeah. Cloud 19, all that stuff. Um, Kaylani was probably, yeah, the first like real, I was like, damn, I was obsessed with her for a long time. Yeah. Kaylani. Um, and then like later on, like Summer Walker and Fire. Um, her, just her, that kind of stuff. Her album where she remixed or remade, I don't know what the verbiage is for it, but like these old classic songs. Yeah. So it's either a sample or an interpolation. Usually, I think it was, yeah. a, it was the one with the, the Usher one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that yeah. one was fucking fire. I couldn't believe yeah. it. it. You know what? She's it was, amazing. I don't know if she wrote it with this purpose, but it felt like it was the girl's point of view. From, yeah from the mm-hmm. song and i was like damn 10 years later it was like a good like little comeback because a lot of people would bring songs from back in the day like the weekend did it with mario's song um i don't want to know that song i don't want to know yeah, yeah this 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 was so and that was scary because that was a huge hit song yeah so when i like when i heard that he was gonna remake it i was like fuck they're gonna butcher this shit mm-hmm. and 
lo and behold, bro, I like was bopping that. It was a really good remake. Yeah, people are really, um, really into the whole nostalgia thing right now. And because it's like, you kind of know that it's going to work to some degree. Like, yeah, it's safe. It's, you know, it's good. It, yeah, you've already, it's, it's already worked for somebody. So it's, it's just a safer bet to, to do that because people immediately like recognize it. Mm-hmm. Even if you, you know, mix it up and do something, add some kind of different vibe to it. It's the familiarity that really lands with people. So yeah. you, you, it's, there's a higher chance that it will do something. Yeah. And a lot, that's why a lot of people are doing that stuff right now. You know what song I work out to all the time and I jam to? I know exactly what you're going to say because I do too. It's on my playlist. The song you made with Griffin? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that shit's fire, That's bro. such yeah. a good song. <laughs> Thank you. That's really... And you know what? Nothing, like, nothing gets me excited. I always send you videos of it when I'm like at a restaurant or, or like, I'm shopping and I hear you. I'm like, that's my friend. Like, like I tap people. Like, that's my friend. I like that. She wrote that song. How'd you make that song? Um, I just got hit up by Griffin about it. And then we... I recorded it. And yeah, it was like a pretty simple situation. And then it was really fun because I got to play Bonnaroo with him. Or I went out... He played Bonnaroo and I went out to do the song. Oh, yeah. That was really fun. What's um, Bonnaroo? It's a really big festival in outside of Nashville. Okay. Yeah, really fun. Um, and he was headlining, so it was like, you know, good crowd. And We're, we actually have him scheduled for the podcast, too. Yeah, Very I, saw excited. I saw him on there and I was like, why is Olivia not on? We have to go, <laughs> I immediately hit you up, like, you have to be on the show. <laughs> yeah. um, so, okay, question for you. When I look at art nowadays in any form, uh, when it comes to like movies, TV shows, and music, I feel like now because of the way the culture is like so sensitive and they always want to push a narrative, did you find that to be a really hard um, obstacle if it was an obstacle for you in the label industry? Because remember, that's a business aspect. So was there a lot of stuff that they brought to you that was pushing a narrative or trying to push you away from a narrative that was close to your heart? Um, I think most artists can agree that like, if you come to a label with a, an album full of ballads and really personal, heartfelt, slow, sad, piano, like kind of songs, they're not going to be that happy because that's not the kind of stuff that you hear on the radio. But like my first song, my first big hit was just four chords, piano, like very simple. So I kind of don't believe that we have to have the the formulaic like pop music which although I'm making that now because it's really fun to make it (laughs) um so I personally felt a lot of pressure to to make these you know they always say up tempo we want up tempo like they would tell the producers beforehand like oh we want up tempo make sure she makes up tempo make sure she doesn't swear in the chorus that was my big thing when I first started out it was like make sure she doesn't say fuck in the chorus and then that's when I, I have a song called fuck feelings and I remember like that was what like the producer was like um yeah so the notes were like don't don't say uh fuck in the chorus and i was like okay cool we're writing a song it's called fuck feelings and it's like i say it like 40 times <laughs> and i send it to them so i <laughs> was that like a petty shot or were you like generally like you like that song i mean the song's great I, it's one of you know people it's like it has i don't know like probably like 20 million streams something like that no i don't know no just 20 million <laughs> i don't know i haven't looked it's old so i haven't looked in a while but um yeah i i just I just don't follow the rules. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, th- there's definitely, there was a, a pressure, whether it was coming from my label or from what I thought my label wanted. That's, that's the question. I don't know. Cause I think 
I would do stuff even without them telling me, even if it wasn't like an email saying, don't do this and we need an up-tempo song and whatever. Even if I went into it with no guidance from them, I still just knew in my heart that that's what they wanted and that if I made a, a super pop sounding song that they'd be really excited about it. Yeah. And that if I sent them a song that was like a from the heart ballady type thing that they would be like, cool, nice. Yeah. But now you see all of these songs blowing up that are like really emotional and slower and all that stuff. Um, and that's really inspiring to me because I feel like people are shifting away from just like the typical way that pop music has always been. But also, yeah. it's always going to be, there's always going to be that need for. <laughs> we got to get a new dog. <laughs> Please. <laughs> yeah. You want to tell a story, but then you also want to be fun. and Yeah. You know. And I think you can do both. That's what I'm trying to do right now is like have really fun songs that still have lyrics that mean something. And then also throw in some sad, deeper, sad, like my emo girl shit yeah and into the mix um, the yeah so i'm just kind of doing whatever i want and i feel really really free to, to do that the only person that i have to really listen to is my producer <laughs> <laughs> no but i think that's really good because i think the best art and the best music is made when you're just authentically being yourself and i think the people who love you love you because you have like yeah you're very like on your socials you know you can tell like your fun personality you share like who you are and people get attached to that so the more real you are with your music i think the more the people will love it right do you, yeah do you have any poetry that you would like feel comfortable reading oh my god my poetry is like so sad so a lot of times i'll go into a session and then like so i just have everything in my iphone notes basically yes um dude we had one from andy grammar and that shit blew up and i was so excited that blew up because it was so beautiful it was it was so beautiful that's why i was like Yo, i, I have no so pressure. i have all these are all like it's called these are just all read one can you or no no i can i'm just let me find <laughs> one that like She's a hard flex she goes oh poetry <laughs> she goes pick one Thoughts? anyone feelings um <laughs> So like, for example, this one, I was in a session a couple weeks ago and I read the, I was, it was me, another writer and a producer. And I was, I, I was like, all my stuff is really kind of depressing. Um, <laughs> and I read her this, um, poem and then she was like, okay, well we can turn this into like something a little less depressing. So the song ended up taking on a kind of a whole new meaning. We just took like one or two lines from it. Um, but here we go. Yes. Okay. I'm the kind of pretty that's a split decision, even after alterations, a couple split incisions. I'm pretty enough for you to take me home, but not enough to want me for your own. I'm the kind of pretty that you see on the street. She's the kind of pretty that you see in magazines. I'm the kind of cool girl who gets walked all over. She's the cool girl that makes you want to know her. I'm kind of funny when people laugh at me. She only has to smile once to keep everyone happy. I'm the kind of nice that keeps to myself. She's always talking to everyone else. I'm the kind of smart that turns myself insane. She's a mastermind. She turns life to a game. And she's winning. Damn. I love that. Was that aimed at somebody or just like a... How you feel? Just how you feel. Yeah, it was definitely aimed at somebody. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I read you a poem that I wrote? Yeah. I thought that was really good. And that'd be great in a song. Thank you. Yes. I wrote it. I, I turned it into a song called The Kind of Pretty, but it's like more like it's not as emotional as that. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you write uh, by starting out with poetry or does it? 
a lot of times it comes from that or it'll be just like a couple stanzas and then I'll, it a lot of times will completely dissect it and turn it into something else because once you have melodies involved and then and then it, the whole concept can change yeah so okay well you give me your honest feedback on mm. this okay it's called curiosity killed the cat okay <clears throat> and by the way i'm not a professional so please don't make fun of me <sighs> curiosity killed the cat like humans have greed Religion is a trap, but you didn't hear that from me. The industry is cap, and I don't disagree. That's why it's always hats off when they're talking to me. I couldn't believe how they're selling this dream. It's giving me deja vu moments like I'm Adam and Eve. The apple is so tasty until it reaches your spleen, and a movie star is worshipped until he exits his scene. Relationships are so healthy until they get in between. Damn. I guess I'll roll up my sleeve. I'll get to work quietly. Shh, you go back to sleep. I'm handing gifts out in a room full of thieves, and it's always hands out until they come back to me. But it's all good. My sourcelesses are endless, and yours is so no good. It's like getting ribs when you're not in the hood. It's like knowing what you're doing until you open the hood. Skirt. You catch my drift? I'm baby wipe if you think you're the shit. I'm the nightlight, and you are the kid. You cannot be my idol and an idiot. That's an oxymoron. You see what I did? Before I leave you, let me leave you with this. It is the land of the free, but you can't say shit. The home of the brave became an empty crib. Why are we so damn scared to say what we meant? When did this happen? Why is everybody so offended and not understanding? Why is being a gentleman so unattractive? Why is everything they taught us not what they practice? Why? I am deeply confused. <laughs> why i am deeply confused <laughs> i added that last one because that felt like slam poetry like the way that you delivered was like absolutely incredible thank you yeah the, when i was you, so when nervous you said when I, was I was like i i that one part made me just like kind of cackle but no the skirt i was like in the middle of like a really deep poem <laughs> i was like okay but no, absolutely. Your face is turning bright red. I'm so nervous. No, it was absolutely beautiful, George. Thank you. Thank you. It's a really good poem. Wow, yeah. I got real hot, dude. That yeah. was like real. I'm gonna... It's so nerve wracking, right? Well, you it's did it so non-pressured. Like, so I was like, I could do it. Well, too. Well, that was like not my that was like not my deepest one at all. Like I have some like fucked up ones. Can we can we read some of the fucked up ones or no shot? We could cut it sure. if you're like, yeah. Oh, yes. I just I wish that I had them more like I have. I have them not like not really very organized, so I just have to like look up like Take your keywords. time. Go pee. <laughs> what? What if I miss it? Really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know why I gotta be so bad? I'm uncomfortable. Go, go, go. <laughs> um, let's see. My notes are so funny. Do you do you ever get scared of like writing your feelings and then somebody coming in and being like reading them? I don't know. No. Yeah, me neither. Whatever. Do you ever paint? I don't. I think you should get into painting. I feel like you'd really love it. Um, my grandma is a doll maker and also she's like an incredible painter. I mean, she has MS now, so she can't do it anymore, but she was like just amazing at all forms of art. She also has written like four novels that she never published. Um, she, <laughs> she's amazing. She's like the coolest. Did woman you ever in the read world. them? Yeah. She, most of them were like erotic. <laughs> she wrote like a sci fi erotic one and then a, um, just like a, a erotica 
I guess your general run of the mill erotica. I started reading that one. It's called Early Morning Rain. And it's about like a farm hand and like a girl. I don't know. Jesus was, Christ. And and I, I and it's in like a, a yellow like folder and, and it's like typed out on the big on big piece of paper. And I pulled <laughs> it out. Did you shrink that one? I put no. <laughs> I pulled it out of the folder and I was like my mom's handwriting had proofread this i was like Bro, oh my god so your, like the family mo- your mother read her mother's erotica book and yeah proofread it? but i guess writing what? novels yeah <laughs> Wait, what do you mean Wait, what did you did you like is that kind of weird reading your grandmother it like- was strange but my like my grandma i know all about her history one of my uncles is not is only my half uncle if you know what i'm saying like she's a crazy crazy lady oh. so i was not like <laughs> i didn't catch I have, that what what happened what half uncle half meaning meaning my my biological grandfather is not his father yeah like a stepdad yeah she has two different baby daddies let's go but <laughs> but the, I, I, I keep my family stories crazy i could not tell it all in the whole episode like insane 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 we'll do a whole other episode of of my family (laughs) my family history on both sides insane but anyway my grandma is crazy and i love her to death but um I was not I was not phased at all to read her erotica. I was like, yeah, this makes sense. Bro, that's the funniest line yeah. I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> I wasn't phased to read my grandmother's <laughs> erotica. Dude, I, I already knew. Every time I go to her house, she has this room in the basement called the doll room because she used to be a doll maker. And there was all there's all these all these dolls, like all these doll heads and doll parts because she can't do it anymore. So there's just all this doll stuff in this giant room in the basement. Wait, what do you mean? Like, she can't do any more? Like, she can't... She has MS, so she can't, like, make them. Oh, ma- okay. Yeah. I-, I was confused with your... You read her erotica, you're saying now she can't do it anymore, she- so the dolls <laughs> is, like, fulfilling, no, you know? No, 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 like- no. It's a whole... Just, <laughs> that is a point of view. What I was saying is she's she is an artist in, of, in many... Um, Aspects. Many ways, yeah. Many uh, mediums. By the way, this whole conversation started out with one beautiful question. Do you paint? Do you paint? <laughs> no, oh, my but have grandma. you ever read one of my grandmother's books? <laughs> Dirty little snookums. Did oh. I get this picture an old woman with glasses or hair up? Uh, like just like, you know, those lamps with the, the fire in it and just like put and just ching, ching, ching. I was in the wilderness and the ranch hand saw me there. No. No. <laughs> All right. Okay, please read the. Read the one that you're writing. Now we're laughing. This is like really deep. No, no, no. Really Get deep. serious. Okay. Stop. Everyone. I am serious. Thank you. We're serious. I'm not. <laughs> I can't be serious. Okay. Oh, God. This is the one I've been trying to put into a song for um, a really long time. And I've used like parts of it for certain things. But I haven't fully used the whole thing because it's really long. Before you dive in, is there like a, a, a feeling you... What is it about so we could understand it right away? About why I can't accept love fair enough i never show affection i'm too scared you'll pull away but if i gave you all of me maybe you would have stayed too afraid to be vulnerable i've built myself a shell i always lead with confidence so my facade will sell i claim that i am heartless that i don't want your love but that's just to protect myself to make you think i'm tough because if i say i want you what if you don't want me back i'm just preparing for the worst to keep my pride intact i've been like this so long my shell is only getting thicker so every time my heart breaks now it seems to heal much quicker every day more and more i'm starting to believe that all these walls i've built so strong have become a part of me um yeah that's um, uh i'm gonna be honest i that that uh brought back memories for me good shit dude 
I get exactly what you mean by that. Especially when you said when my heart uh, breaks, it heals quicker. Because like you're mm-hmm. now you're just kind of like, all right, I've been here before. I know how the fuck this goes. Mm-hmm. Damn, way to go. You just got me in my feels, bro. I'm like, it's so funny because I have all these like folders and I'm like, I wonder what poems I have from like years ago that I just completely forgot about. Like when I go yeah. home, I'm totally going to go through everything and find just read all of these things. Being like, your feels. Like I have so many things. Yo, you can share as many remember. as you want. By the no, way. I'm, I don't, I, it would take me hours. Like I also, I, I, one of the, so I'm basically in the process of writing three books. One is a fictional, it's a novel, mm-hmm. um, loosely based on like ex- life experiences that I've had, but like in a really, with a really dark, crazy twist. Um, and then one is an autobiography that I'm not going to release until I'm like really old on the brink of death because <coughs> like, why would I release it right now? Like that I haven't done enough. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I'm starting like literally the day I was born and then I've already, I've, I'm like a couple chapters into that. And then That's I, great that you're starting now. Yeah. You know? Right. So that I can be in the moment that I don't have to like look back. So yeah. I started that like a few months ago. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then I have this, this book that's in my iPhone notes that I've been writing like, not every day, but certain days since. T- Wait, all of that category is in is all for one. This is all for my book, yeah. So wow, good uh, for you. You're the first organized. day was March twelfth, twenty twenty, and then some of them I forgot to date. But like, it's just random thoughts, essays, um, just paragraphs, some poems, things. Um, Why do you choose be to like write instead of voice of note? Um, I'm a visual person randomly, even though <laughs> music is my. I mean, music is different, I think, than yeah. like speaking and learning that way but um i'm just a writer i just like to and i like to edit and i like to make sure the words are correct and that they look good on the screen and it makes sense that you're a visual person if you think about it because singing is bringing the words to life like you are painting a visual you know what i mean with a song so like that makes a lot of sense you're like your ability to like the music video be a visual but yeah, the, but the song is not a visual. But when you read something versus when you hear in a song, when you, when it's in a song, you're setting the vibe. It's it gives you like the mood. You can picture like colors. You can picture what's happening. Like you really paint out like a scenery. Fair mm-hmm. enough. I got you. And also, even just like while you're writing the words, like I'm not, I I'm I'm not. I, I mean, I don't know. There definitely probably are writers that can do it all in their head or might remember it all. But you have to write it down. Mm-hmm. And, you, and it has to look good. It has to look right. You yeah. know. Yeah. There's or like then a you'll weird be like, aspect to it. Yeah. So, um, I think that's probably a part of it. I like I said, I've been writing since I was a little kid. I just like looking at words and moving them around. Like I'll, I I go through and I edit. Like I my novels like barely I barely anything, but a lot of the time when I want to work on it, I'll just go through and just re-edit all the sentences and make sure that they are perfect. Um, just because I like, like if you just move, if you just switch two words, like the sentence is like infinitely better. Like I'm so nerdy about that. Um, <laughs> have so have you ever thought about writing um, any type of like play or like show or like movie? Oh my God. I have so many ideas for TV shows. Okay. Could, would you ever want to do a writing I session? Want, I would love like a TV show writing session. So I sit with writers and like, so there's, there's different writers as you know. And I want to, we have this thing that we're building up right now. Um, because write, writing a movie right now would take too long. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to write something that's very raw and real. And we have the production quality to shoot a very real raw five to 10 minute thing where we could show the world a little deeper than this internet, like acting and like showing type of thing. I want to bring like Netflix and like these new Paramount movies kind of quality for like a five to 10 minute thing. 
where when people watch it, they could feel what they would feel in a whole movie, but really quick, like 10 minutes, like a short. And I want to enter it in a, in a competition. I want to send you some scripts that I, I have cool people interested in, like very excited about. But I feel like the way your brain is activated would be very different from our writing style. So it would be a really I cool scene. I could be like scene. an editor kind of almost. Too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would love to do that. I would love to do that. I also have like full ideas for like shows that I, TV shows that I want to create and Dude, stuff like that. I would that. love like, to hear them out. I, yeah, I love that. I just, I literally will write anything. I just love writing. Even like I always, I wrote, <laughs> I wrote this down the other day in my little, one of my little sections in my notes. I wish that I could just record all of the, cause sometimes I'll be driving and I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh my God, that thought was so profound. Even if it's like something that turns yeah. out to be so stupid. Um, I'm like, oh my God, that thought was insane. Like, and then my brain will go to the next thing. And I'm like, oh my God, what was that thing? I forgot. I wish that I could just record all of my thoughts, except for the intrusive ones all the time. <laughs> like I wish someone was just in my brain, just like writing it down all the yeah. time. Cause I'll be like, whoa. And then sometimes I'm thinking too fast and I can't write it down because yeah. my brain is going to. That's why I said fast. voice notes because I do the same thing as but you. I stumble and I like, I can't, I wouldn't. No, no, no. <laughs> all I'm saying that. is uh, spill your guts <laughs> on it and then listen back and then it'll help you remember. And then you go write it down. I <laughs> I'm just imagining me in my car, like with my phone being like, and then, blah, 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 but also, and like, just like someone, like, I can't. Like yeah. going back to listen to it afterwards. Yeah. Put it down. I would sound literally off my rocker insane. Um, but That's, I'll try it. I'll try it. I, I think you, I think we would have a great time. And also it's, it's just fun. Like even if it was like for nothing, right? Like say we spent an hour just drinking, smoking, hanging out, like eating little fun stuff and like just writing. It's, it's more pleasurable to me than like, I don't know, fucking doing nothing or like yeah. doing yeah. like pointless shit. Like I, I go hang out with some people nowadays and they're like, we're doing this. And I'm like, why? Like, why would why you, are you do that? doing that? Yeah. That just seems pointless. I don't know. Just feel like we got nothing else to do. Um, but I was, I would love to, sorry. I don't know. I just got <laughs> There's nothing more fun than being creative when you're a creative mind. I don't care what we're doing. I mean, obviously my, my preferred method is writing, but like, I just love, yeah. Being creative in any way. It's like the best outlet for anything it's a good distraction from your own mind mm -hmm. you can it's a good outlet to just let however you're feeling out like put your feelings on pen and paper or just like draw how you feel like you can there's so many ways to just let out what's inside and also distract yourself yeah. and 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 end up with like a cool end product like something you could use even if it's just for yourself like mm -hmm. painting mm -hmm. on a little thing and then hanging it up in your bedroom being like oh yeah i did that like mm -hmm. i did that you did? Yeah. Amazing. Thank you. <laughs> no, that's what, it's therapeutic. It's so therapeutic. It's, it's, it's so therapeutic. therapeutic. Yeah. I don't need to pay somebody, I mean, don't get me wrong, if you if you have therapy and it's working for you, like, God bless, keep it going. I just feel like I'd rather put my trauma or my anger or my sadness in, in a positive way where when I look back at it, it's like me, I, I built this. This is me. This is yeah. a part of me and the time that I lived in. And I think people understand this that are not artists with tattoos, right? Mm -hmm. They'll have like a certain thing that happened in their life uh, that is very memorable to them and they'll put a piece on their body. Yes. And that's what art is for us. We, we want to mm -hmm. like expose that part of our heart. Uh, that we might not feel comfortable talking to a family about or even somebody that we're paying. Like I, I couldn't sit and express myself to somebody because in my mind, it's like, where the fuck do I start? Like, where do I like even? Yeah. You know I, mean, I mean, I think my, so my therapist actually passed away two months ago, I'm so which sorry. was really wow. traumatizing because yeah. finding a good therapist is really hard. Um, 
and I have a psychiatrist, so like I can still get like my meds and everything. Like I'm good. Um, you got way too excited about that. You smiled way <laughs> too hard. It's not anything that. crazy. I'm on a I'm on a medication called Buse Bar, and it's like an anxiety medication. It's not like it's not like a Xanax or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I it was really crazy because not only is that traumatizing to have you know a person that you she knows everything yeah. about my life. Um, and we were in the middle of like working on, we're doing EMDR, yeah. doing like trauma therapy and all this stuff. And I woke up one day and got a text that she had passed away. It was like, oh, that's crazy. Um, mm-hmm. still, de- still dealing with all of that. But everyone's like, oh, when are you going to get a new therapist? When are you going to get a new therapist? And I'm like, it's so hard to like yeah. sit there and explain my whole life to someone. Like once you've already got there with someone, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's just easy. You can call them and be like, hey, my friend, whatever, did this to me today. And they know exactly what you're talking right. about. You get to start over. Yeah, starting yeah. over is so daunting. Like, I don't want to have to spend three... I would have to spend at least three sessions, um, three hour-long sessions, like, explaining my life, my family history, maybe yeah. more. And it's... By the way, like, I'm, I'm not speaking for you, but for me, that would take a lot of energy to regurgitate things that we kind of already moved away from mm-hmm. yeah and Maybe like through, yeah. so i'm very sorry dealing with that yeah so i'm it's, so sorry it's you know it we're, is what it is we're not professionals but all joking aside if you ever needed somebody just to talk to we're always here thank you always. i appreciate that always. we'll never give advice i think writing my like little books and, and I, obviously writing my songs has always been therapy but like expanding my like repertoire and what i've been writing has really been helping me in this time that i don't have a therapist um and i like was against therapy for a really long time because i had like trauma regarding therapy growing up like mm. my mom forced me to go when i was really young and just lots of other things we don't need to get into but i didn't like it for a really long time and then i finally decided to go for myself when i was like 20 um and that's when i like got diagnosed with ocd and all that stuff and then um yeah so i think therapy can be really really amazing and i think anyone could benefit from it but you are such a like you'll you can I feel like you can just talk about anything and you have so many great people around you and friends and girlfriend and like I don't know I feel like you might be the one person that like genuinely doesn't need therapy do you dude it's so funny you say that because I I'm a very open book you are I'm a very open book so are you yeah but but, to a limit but I I don't want to for me it's like I don't want to take other people's like I, I would feel a little bit like a burden if I, cause I, there's always new crazy stuff going on. And like, I don't have like a partner. Like I, yeah. I, I don't want to go to my friends every day and be like, I'm feeling like this. Cause at, at some point mm-hmm. they're just like, okay, your burdens are not my burdens, girl. Like get someone else to talk to. So like, that's why therapy was good for me. I, yeah. I would really, really recommend this. So I, my, my is the spirituality side, right? So mm-hmm. I, I wake up every day and I go to bed every day, start and end with my Lord. Um, so I tell my friends, uh, especially people like we're friends, but we're not like best friends. We're not seeing each other every day. Mm-hmm. Please use me. Like it, I am just an, a dumpster for emotions. I love it. It's like my thing. I love coaching my friends out of things. I do too. And I'm very, very, when we first started dating, the one thing that really burdened her is she, when she had partners in the past, they opened up everything like they were one person. And I told her, I go, even if we're married, Whoever speaks to me about a certain thing does not go to you. You don't have the rights for it. It's it's something personal. Maybe he doesn't want you to see it in a certain light. So please, if you ever needed anybody just to like dump that, because again, like you don't want to go back to your friends because then they're going to be like, 
oh, Olivia's probably going to bring that up or do stuff. Mm-hmm. Use me. Because me and you are like, yo, we see each other and we're cool. But I, I will, anytime you need a call or meet me up, we're very close. Like, I'm there. And I've, I've had a lot of friends uh, dabble in what I told them to do with me. And they really do appreciate it. And yeah. I'll always be there for you. Yeah, thank you. I, I feel like I'm kind of that way with a lot of my friends as well. Like, I feel like I'm the person that people go to when they, because I've been through so many crazy mental health things and trauma and I've tried every little possible thing. I've done every type of therapy you can imagine. I've tried every medication. I've thought that I had all these different disorders before I actually got diagnosed and whatever, whatever. So I just have like more, I guess, wisdom and knowledge on the subject. And I love giving advice to people. And I think that I, at least I hope that they think of me in this way, but I feel like my friends oftentimes I'm the person that they come to, especially when they're feeling sad or, mm-hmm. you know, something, something's really burdening them. They come to me cause like I can take it, mm-hmm. but there are certain friends that I know I wouldn't want to go to for those things. They're dealing with their own. Stuff, yeah, yeah. I don't want to burden them. They might not be talking to me about it. They might not be open with anyone about it, but if you go put your burden on someone else and they're already carrying a lot that you don't see. Yeah. It can, people don't want to open up. Yeah. It can be the, like the, the straw that breaks the camel's back, you know? So mm-hmm. you have to be careful with that kind mm-hmm. of thing. And that's why therapists can be beneficial because that's their job is they're very strong people. They have to take on other people's burdens and, and hear everything and, and be that um, like place to go to. Cause not everyone can be like that. I don't know yeah. if you're like this with your friends when they come to you, but my whole tactic is super, super easy for anyone to do. It is just listening to them. Yeah. And, and not just agreeing with them because maybe they don't need to agree. I'm, I'm very good at like ripping that bandaid off. If you, if your mom, your dad and your friends are telling you a certain thing, I will literally point blank, look at you and be like, they're fucking stupid. This is the reason you need to get out of that. Cause I love you too much for me to watch you marinate in your own shit. But a lot, 99% of people that I spend time with, it's genuinely just them expressing and talking about it. And they, and I'm never like, well, you should do this. And you should, I'm just listening because sometimes they figure it out on their own while they're just talking it out loud. Yeah. That's literally what therapists do. Like you are a therapist. <laughs> I am. A th- I'll be a therapist. It's, yeah. But you know what? Um, the, the thing between therapists and friends that they're on common grounds is that they just care. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people think therapists don't care and that's so far from the truth. They do care. That's why they went through that, uh, that experience in life yeah. and they wanted to do that. I wanted to study psychology back before I randomly started doing music, um, <laughs> before everything happened to me. Um, yeah, that's what I wanted to study in school. And one of my best friends, Madison, she, um, like we've been best friends since freshman year of high school. She is studying psychology. And the reason why she's doing it is because she's been through so much in her life like I can't even you met her in Chicago um yes yes love her her She's and in Ariel, Ariel yeah. yeah beautiful gorgeous gorgeous girls love them to death so Madison has been through some like insane trauma you couldn't even imagine like just horrific things like all throughout her life but also like in recently in a short period of t- period of time and the reason why she's into psychology is because she wants to help other people and she had trouble finding a good therapist. And now her mentor is her, her therapist right now that her therapist, I got her through all of this trauma and horrible, these horrible things that happened to her recently. Um, she like almost idolizes him now. She's like, I want to be 
what he is for me to someone else mm-hmm. um awesome. and i think that's so beautiful like she that really whoever ends up getting her as a therapist is going to be very lucky like she yeah. she genuinely cares and just wants to make people feel better and i think um a lot of people that go into psychology like that's why they they almost it's just like they want to figure out their own brain and then also help other people so yeah nobody has it figured out completely oh no, no. nobody God, no. but a- anything that when it comes to creating art creating buildings creating any form of anything that's tangible or spiritual it takes a lot of failing and then rebuilding and then figuring it out and just being with somebody or a group of people could help you navigate years of learning my dad taught me one thing that i will stay with me till i die and i pray that my my kids pick this up be a sponge when you're in the room absorb everybody when it when it comes to their knowledge when it comes to their uh their the way they deal with their emotions uh you could get a lot out of life by listening and just observing it and so i really i i've been telling jess and um bell and reed i wanted to get into therapy just so i could not now i don't even need it i truly don't the past few years was really hard on me and now i'm at the best state of my life but then I'm like, dude, I want to just be better. I want to even grow faster. I want to be more knowledgeable. Um, so I'm looking for somebody that I could just sit there and bounce ideas off of my the way I deal with emotions. Because the way I dealt with emotions before I even met her um, was terrible. I, I didn't know how to deal with it. Um, and I and I got blessed because I met her and I was like, I was okay with me to rot away with it. But I can't because energy transfers mm-hmm. and I you cannot be selfish and transfer my energy to this girl that only gives me positive energy and lifts me up. I fixed myself for her. And that's when I realized I'm like, yo, that's the problem. People don't want to fix themselves because they're like, I don't give a fuck about myself, mm-hmm. but they'll do it for a loved one. Yeah. If that makes any sense. No, it totally makes sense. And also, I think sometimes the best time to go to therapy is when you are feeling good, because I a lot of the time would in therapy and I would be doing really bad and I would go every week and then I would start to feel better and then I'd be like I don't need therapy this week I, mm-hmm. I feel great I don't need it and then I would stop going and then I would go right back to where I was so um you can always be better you can always mm-hmm. you know even if you're doing well you, it's a constant thing that you have to work on and I'm like I'm sure we've all experienced like you fall back and you move forward and and that's life so sometimes when you feel like you don't need it is when you actually might kind of need it the most because you need to you need to the tools that you like build for yourself you need to be able to use them at all times yes and yeah yeah, it's one thing to to do the work and to know what to do but then when the actual situation is happening you need to be able to like use the things that you learn to make yourself feel better to calm down to get out of your head or whatever that might be. And that's hard to do. It's hard to like learn it and then apply it, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And you have to practice it and practice it and then you can really apply it. And and then it becomes second nature to you Mm -hmm. to just like know how to react. And, and you have to change the way that your body and your mind just would naturally react to uh, emotionally to something. And it takes a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Um, do you ever find that it doesn't matter where you're at financially or in your work? It's truly just how you're grateful for the circumstance that you're in. Absolutely. Absolutely. So finding uh, uh, somebody to help you feel grateful. Because, again, everything is a perspective. So if somebody could help you see from a perspective that you're in right now, because I don't know about, I can't speak for you girls, but for me, a problem me for that I had was like I was waiting for the day for me to be like, okay, now it's going to be great. 
And so I was like building for that moment. And a lot of people do this with financials. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, once I get to this amount of money, I'm going to be really happy. Mm. Um, And if you're chasing happiness, it's not going to work. You got to be happy where you're at. And a lot of people would listen to this and comment, well, fuck you, bro. You have this, you have that. Where you're at, of course, you're happy. Dude, the, the, the years that I was talking about I was depressed was when I got at my peak of success. And I, I, all I kept fucking with my brain is like, how was the you kid at more? Five Guys? At, when I was working at Five Guys, I, didn't, I was making $8 an hour. I was a billion times happier then. And it's because I wasn't in the chasing my happiness stage. I was grateful for what I had and I was in the moment. And once I fixed this perspective of my life, you could throw any curveball at me. But now I'm just fixing what I'm focusing on. That was like a big problem. Mm-hmm. There was um, two like, a, like parables or like stories that fixed my focus. One was a quick one is when you're going skiing, they say don't focus on the trees because you'll slam into the trees. And so that was like, okay, wh- what are you focusing on is what you're going to hit. And then there was this um, beautiful thing I just recently been telling everybody about was uh, there was a study that they put a bird in a cage with a snake and the bird immediately freaked out, right? It was freaking out because it knew it was like really bad. It was going to like going to kill it, but the snake didn't move at all. And then finally the bird got like calm and then it got closer because it felt comfortable. And then it finally got so close to the snake, the snake, all it had to do was open its mouth and then it hopped in its mouth and it closed it and it ate the, the bird that way. And the whole uh, study behind it is what are you, what are you fixed on? What are you fixated on? Cause that could kill you. Like, what are you focusing on that? It, it, it will draw all of your energy towards. You could be in the same place as the person next to you, but this person's just focused on all the beauty in life. And you're focused on all the darkness in life that you're just depressed, but you're in the same place. You're in the same exact place. It's, it's the one where, uh, did you hear about the, there's a wolf chained up in the dark and there's a wolf chained up in the light. Which one lives? Which one do you feed? Whichever oh. one you feed. So you yeah. can feed the one in the light, you can feed the one in the dark, but it's whatever you're feeding into. And so like it takes practice, like how you would you would do with a therapist. Mm-hmm. So every day, like a psychopath, when I was in like this depressed funk, I fixed my mouth because I'm like, it starts with my mouth. If I woke up, be like, guys, I'm anxious today. Or I'm like, I'm just depressed. I don't want to do anything. I'm already starting my day with my mouth. So mm-hmm. what I did is I, and I, I hope this is marinating in somebody's heart. But I wrote really kind things about myself and I put it on the mirror or I put it on my phone and I would recite this to myself. And I was literally doctoring myself by speaking great about myself again. Because how you look at yourself is how you're portraying yourself for the world. Mm-hmm. So you see all these you know, cocky sons of bitches on top, but guess what? They had to be fucking cocky to be there. They had to blow past your expectations of themselves and really believe in theirs. Do you get what, am I yeah. ranting or no, doing? No, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. We're all like, I mean, it's, you know, we're, it sounds so, but we're all vibrations, you know, and we're all made of like different vibrations. And so you're, if you decide to be negative and you're speaking that out, I mean, that's, that's how you're going to feel. That's also, you're going to affect the room. You're going to affect the people in the room. And it's just yeah, like, energy. you know, it's your energy. Like we can make ourselves sick. You know, you worry mm-hmm. about something and you stress about something enough like most times it happens because that's what exactly what you said. It's what you're stressing on. It's what you're focusing on. So that's yes. like the number one thing that I've been trying to work on recently is just being grateful for what I have. And I've achieved more at my age than, than most people ever in their lives. And whether or not it was 
years my, like you know my last like big big hit song was when i was 16 17 but still like who how many people can say they have a seven times platinum song like not a lot of fucking people like i've i i've done so many great things and it's not just about those kind of things Mm -hmm. i never used to make goals for myself i still don't like to make goals for myself because i don't want to feel like oh when i hit the next goal then i'll be happy and i've always felt that way with the way i look too like oh if i just fix this one thing then i'll be happy like if i then once i fix that thing i notice something else uh, that i don't like about myself Mm -hmm. like it is never it's never going to be enough unless you decide that it's enough um, yeah. and that's, I, I've, I've been in and out of like, uh, uh, feeling a bit, a bit depressed, uh, for the past few months. Like I've kind of been, had a lot of ups and downs recently. Um, but, uh, talking about like being grateful for what you have and everything. I remember one, t- one of my last sessions with my therapist before she passed away. Um, she was like, I was just having a really, really bad day and, I couldn't think of anything positive because I was just in when when I'm in that mental state nothing is good yeah it's blinders on nothing is good everything's bad I can't think of one single thing to be grateful about and I've always really struggled with like you know the way that I look and and just that goes back to high school and and all of that and she was like okay I want you to just look in the mirror and tell me one thing that you like about yourself and I couldn't I couldn't think of one thing she started naming like quality she was like oh you're you have such beautiful eyes and I was like no I don't like the shape of them or like and then she was like, oh, but you just have such beautiful lips. And I was like, well, no, I don't like, I think they're too like long this way and too like, like I would like point out like the most insane, weird minuscule things about myself. She was like, oh, but like your hair. And I was like, I have hair extensions. Like, it's just like, I could mm-hmm. see the negative thing in, in, in every single possible thing that she was pointing out to me. And she was like, I just, I'm looking at you right now. And I just like, can't believe that like, you don't, you can't see that you have so many blessings and it's not just me trying to point out to you like that you are beautiful it's like me trying to point out to you that you have such an amazing life you have legs you can walk you can wake up every day and you have a a shelter and and food and I have an adorable dog and I have friends who love me and family who love me um and I just couldn't you when when you're in that state you just like literally can't see anything good and recently I've been focusing so much on gratitude, especially with everything I'm dealing with right now, being an independent artist for the, I was, my entire career was built with this label and all these problems. And I always had other people to blame because when things didn't go my way, it was because I was trying for them to go my way and, and just didn't work out. So everything that's gone wrong, I've always been able to kind of blame it on other people and be like, Oh, they just, they screwed me over, whatever, whatever. Now it's all on me and I have to do everything for myself. And it's really hard. I have, I have to do all the jobs of all of those people. <laughs> um, it's all me. It's only me and, and my managers. And just I've already encountered so many hurdles and all these things. And that's caused me to just lose my mind a little bit. And I've been working a lot and not really socializing that much. So I've spent a lot of time just like ruminating in, in my thoughts, which is not good for someone with OCD also. And just in the past few weeks, I've been like, I just feel so much lighter because I've been focusing on gratitude and just being grateful for, I'm, I'm like, I'm doing this on my own and I have so much, to be, I have so much to be grateful for. I can't even believe I was that person sitting in my house, my house that I fucking own, sitting there talking to my therapist saying I have nothing to be fucking grateful about and that I hate myself and I hate everything about myself and I can find something wrong with everything about the way I look and blah, 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 blah. Like, I can't even believe that I was, I was 
and but that happens to people that's very, what depression very normal, does very normal so just being grateful no matter where you are and I was losing my mind. It was crazy how much I was like actually losing my mind. Like I was comparing myself to other people. I was like, well, this person's song already has a million streams and it came out like two weeks after mine. Like, what am I doing wrong? It's yeah. like everyone's on their own path. I I just started a brand new thing. Like, why am I letting that get to me? I have all of these amazing things in my life. Like, this is just one little part. And, I should, and I'm also still doing great. Like, ev- everything's great. And yeah, I've just been so much happier ever since I started thinking that way. So it's funny that you bring that up because like it's completely changed everything about like the past few months of my life. I really love that you're on that wave. Yeah, it's amazing you're able to like get past that and now you're in a place where... And I'm sure I'll backslide. I'm sure I'll uh, something will happen and I'll go back. But I'm really, really trying to just like gratitude is everything. And again, like what you were saying, like it's easy for you to say that when you have... But like... But to, to speak a little bit more from your point of view, um, it's tough as an artist because if Sydney from Arizona is going to work and she's having a bad day at work, when she goes home, it's done. But when you're an artist and you feel like you're not doing well with your work, the person you are and your work is one. Mm-hmm. So the people that cheer for you will also boo at you. And it's very like overwhelming because you're like wait i thought you loved like who i am and like my process of things and then you start okay well if they don't like this then they don't like me so i need to change who i am and you're like chasing your own tail Mm -hmm. but what changed my um my point of view with this because i was dealing with that as well because i was always i was never comparing myself to other people but i was comparing myself to me in this imaginary version of me and also, I compare myself to my past versions of myself as so much. You yeah. think about your past, you get depression. You think about your future, you get, <laughs> you get anxiety. De- yeah, oh my God. You get peace in the present. <sighs> so yeah. I have to be in the present a lot. Um, but this one thing that made me like breathe, this guy told me, he goes, write down all your blessings that God gave you. So I spent a good hour and I wrote down all my blessings. And I was very thorough. I wasn't like leaving out anything. Mm-hmm. And I handed him the piece of paper and I go, okay. Cause he told me, he's like, give it to me. And he goes, he takes it, he puts it down and he goes, okay, now look at it. And you could only keep five of them. Like say God walks up to you and he goes, Hey, for a little bit, you're only going to keep five. I'm taking all of them back for right now. And I was like, okay. And what I came to realize the stuff that I kept were what I was born with. Yeah. The things that I didn't earn, the things I was given. And I was like, wow, I was born with what all I need. And so when I'm at where I'm at right now, like say, God forbid, this is it, right? Like I just started a new show, but it doesn't work out and it ends. I could walk away being like, I did a very good job and everything else is a very big bonus for me. I got to pay my bills. I got to live a life that I told everybody I was going to live. And so when I work off this, instead of me living my days thinking of how big of a piece of shit I am or where I'm not, I'm thinking about how blessed I am to be where I am now to move forward. And it shifted it. So like if you ever get these demons in your head being like, you're not good enough, you're not like so-and-so, just breathe and know that there was a little version of you that never thought you were going to be where you're at right now. Absolutely. So where are you going to be in the future? You have no idea. And and you might, dude, the, the opportunities are endless. Your, your brain itself, take your physical attributes away, your, your beauty, your singing, your performance, your brain alone you could create art 
for other people. You're you're a machine itself, like an AI. You cannot I'm an AI. like you cannot replicate this. What you're yeah. born with, you were born with this. No one could take it away from you. And so like I see you living in this industry however long you choose to be. No one has the reins over you or your life. It's and, you. In whichever way I want to. And like you said, the things that you're born with, the one thing that I was born with was my brain, my creativity, the way that like my ability to create this stuff. So, um, like when I'm thinking of what I'm grateful for, it's not just, you know, whatever accolades I have. It's the fact that I'm able to do that. The fact that I made work that I'm so proud of and that I can continue to do that. Even if the work that I'm so proud of is just poems in my phone. Like I did that. I wrote that. Like that's I'll sometimes I'll, um, like there'll always be moments in sessions where like you find the perfect line and you're like, Oh my God. Yes. And it's like this crazy feeling. Everyone's like, yeah, we did it. And it's just like so fulfilling. Even if the song never comes out, it's just like nice to know that you are able to kind of put things together like a little puzzle and, and, and create something that didn't, that didn't exist before. Um, thank you for being vulnerable because it's the hardest thing to be. And I know you as a friend, so I know you deal with what you deal with, but I can't tell you how many girls are looking up to you right now watching this and being like, she's dealing with that. Like, that's crazy. Then I, I could lay off of myself a little bit because dude, if, if you just sat where we were sitting, when we were watching you perform, if you would have just jumped in my brain and just heard what I was saying to you, like in my brain, I was just like, this girl's on stage. Your presence was so real and raw and your audience was having such a good time. The one thing that kept hitting my head, it was like, this is endless. You have your own audience that loves you and nobody creates your stuff but you. And you are the person performing it. This is endless. I was looking at you like a huge river that will never dry out. And little did I know that you kept thinking that you had no water in your river. And it's just, imagine if we had that conversation when you were going through your dark points of life. Yeah, it's crazy. I had dinner with one of my friends, um, like kind of like an internet friend type of person. Like we are like, we follow each other on TikTok and I had never met her in person. She was visiting LA and we had dinner and she was like, and we were talking and she was like, it's so crazy. You seem like someone who is so like, I look at you on the internet and I look at just who I perceive you to be. And I'm like, damn, she is so sure of herself. Like mm. she knows exactly what she wants to wear, how she's presenting herself her like music musical style whatever she's so sure of herself and I was like I'm the most unsure of myself <laughs> person ever not all the time but you know I, I have a, a, so much self-doubt and I deal with so much and I honestly I always bring it back to like the trauma that I experienced in middle school and high school and all the bullying and like growing up ugly I look back at photos of myself and I was like, I wasn't that ugly. Like, yes, you probably I had, weren't ugly at I had all. a big, I, I had a, I had a, I had a very large nose with a large hump on it. And I got made fun of for that. And so I thought that was the end of the world and that I was the ugliest person in the entire world. Got a nose job. Didn't make me feel any prettier. And I look back at photos and I'm like, damn, I thought I was the ugliest person in the entire world. Like I was just a cute girl. And my nose yeah. was like totally, it was my family nose. Like I, why did I hate myself so much? It's because people made me feel that way. Um, and like, I don't know. I always hated growing up watching people that were like, you know, stereotypically pretty being like, well, I also experienced like not liking the way that I look blah, 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 blah. Cause I was sitting there with thinking that I was the ugliest person in the world and being like, you don't get it. They don't get it. They'll yeah. never get it. But mm -hmm. it's like, we, everyone struggles with that. Like I've literally spent thousands of dollars trying to make myself look what I think is like normal or better. And I still struggle with my appearance all the time. And like, sometimes when I tell people that they're like, Oh, shut up. And I'm like, no, but it's no, true, like yeah. this is something I've struggled with 
my whole life forever like and I probably always will struggle with it and I almost feel like weird talking about it sometimes because I don't want to be that person where people are like oh well you've never experienced that because like I I did yeah and that's I what do. We, were, we were talking about that in the comments like when people are like speaking on your character as if they knew you or if they walked in your shoes and that to, nothing's worse than when somebody discredits your pain because you're like mm -hmm. bro yeah, like, you don't it doesn't it's, like you have no idea what I went through. Yeah, no matter the size of it, it doesn't matter. It's the fact that like you're dealing with it and it's something that like hurdles you and it's, you know what I mean? Something that boggles like your mind, right? And I think too, it's one of, I was just talking about this week. It's, you know, when you're a kid and you're so sure of yourself because you don't have anybody else's opinions like standing in the way and making you like overthink the things that you're doing. And so you're able to be yourself and then you grew up and then everybody's opinions and things, you know what I mean? They just like, they stop you from being who you are and you have to, we all have to find, <laughs> we all have to find like our inner child seriously Literally. and go back to who just we are at our core. And like, Absolutely. I just saw some family that I haven't seen in a really long time and um, he was talking to me and he was like, wow, he's like, it's so funny. You are just how you were when you were like a little kid. And he was explaining how I was when I was little and I was so sure of myself and I knew what I wanted. And he's like, I never met a little kid like you. It was crazy. He's like, I can never forget that. And I was like, wow. And all week, all I've been thinking about was like, I, I, I love little me and I, I need to be little me all the time. And, you know, when you find those little pockets of like when you really feel like you are who you are, but then you lose that because you're scared of what people think about you. And it's like, no, like, I yeah. love that I was so sure of myself and. And so this week I made that decision. I was like, I'm going back to who I was when I was little and being sure. And you know what I mean? It's no, I think about that all the time. That's another like very like grounding thing is like, what would little me have done? Like when yeah. I was, a, when I was really little before, so I think I, I mark like when I went to Catholic school. So I went from like preschool to second grade at Montessori, like weird hippie kid school. And then I skipped third grade, went to fourth grade at um, Catholic school. So it was a huge change. And like the kids at Catholic school were, ruthless and mm -hmm. at Montessori school like everyone was pretty chill and nice and we just counted beads instead of doing math and it was like really fun um and I was I was telling everyone I'm gonna be a actor singer dancer and fashion designer I yeah. know I'm gonna do this I'm absolutely sure of myself I picked out my outfits every day and was obsessed with them I would play fantasy games I believed in fairies and mermaids same until I did the I was same thing like, I yeah. was <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure you were like putting on shows at the family, like every family get together. You're like, watch, I did a yeah. dance. Yeah, absolutely. I would, I have like videos of me be, like doing skits and things. And like, I yeah. just did whatever I wanted. And then as soon as I hit fourth grade and I just, people just started being mean to me. And I was like, oh, so it's weird that I'm doing this. Great. I'm not <laughs> going to do this anymore. And Aww. I stifled who I was for so long. All I wanted to be was normal. I was obsessed with the idea of being normal yeah so then you mold and you change yourself based on who you are with mm -hmm. to try and fit in and, to and it didn't fucking work it did yeah. not work at all every time I attempted to be normal I would do it just slightly wrong and then I would get made fun of even more and now what I'm working on is embracing what and all the ways that I'm not normal because that's what makes you special like everyone mm -hmm. is not normal in their own ways like if you are completely normal and you fit in with everyone in high school and middle school and whatever and you just like did everything right and you like what's the fun in that mm -hmm. there's no fun in that everyone was wearing the exact same things doing the exact same things and if you were any kind of different you were like 
an outcast. An outcast and made fun of and everyone was like laughing at you. Yeah. And then all those kids that were being laughed at are now all the people that are successful. No, literally. It's and crazy. it's funny too because when you're in school, when you're in high school, you're told like, this is just a small period of your life and it doesn't last. Don't worry. Like this is such a, it'll be so different. And now that we're here, we're like, yes, yeah, seriously. Yeah, that's true. So once seriously we're in school, different. it's such a small period of your life and it doesn't matter. But no, it does. But it causes it so much it trauma. No, no, no. And I don't <laughs> mean, it does. It I don't does. mean it doesn't matter. Sorry. I meant it in the way we're like, it doesn't. Don't worry about that's it. That's not forever. Yeah, yeah. like it's not yeah. the end of the world. Just know that's only a time in your that life. That it does change. I get but what it you're makes saying. the biggest impact and it's insane because it, it feels yeah. like everything. It's whatever you're because mm-hmm. like you're a fresh cut, right? And, yeah. And it's like you're they're filling you up with whatever they're filling you up with. The biggest blessing that I ever had was, bro, I was like when I mean I was bullied, like the school literally told my parents, like, yo, he can't come here anymore. Like it's bad. They would meet me in the bathroom to beat the shit out of me. They thought it was a game. And by the way, I thought I was, and this is sick, and they're, they're going to think I'm joking, but I liked it because I was involved with them. And it was fucked up, but I was like the only time where I could actually be involved with people. So I, I got into the habit of making fun of myself. And so I made people laugh like that. And I was like, okay, instead of hurting their feelings, I'm just going to comment on what they think it's funny. And then that's where I got into this like self-deprecating type of humor. But my mom and dad were never shy to talk to me like an adult. So what they did, and I and I and I am definitely doing this for my kids. They walked me into school and they go, "Why aren't they making fun of so and so?" And maybe so and so was dealing with a real thing. And I was like, "Oh, that would be messed up." And they're like, "Cause they know it's real." They go, "They come after you with your dreams and who you are." They go, "Be confident in who you are and know if anybody speaks out against you, instead of being angry at them, feel bad for them." Because they're broken. They might not come from parents that support them. They might not have what you have. You have a loving home. So I got the worst end of a high school, middle school, and, and, and elementary school ever. But because my home, my home was full of love, nothing else mattered. So I really do tell these teachers or these people like that have kids that are young and they're throwing an iPad in front of them or just wanting the school to teach them everything. It's like, bro, like you're cheapening them out from real learning curves in life. And it's everything starts at home. Everything starts. Well, at home. that explains why I'm so fucked up. <laughs> and you know what? You don't have to pay me anything. <laughs> that one was free thank you so much you're welcome <laughs> guys i really enjoyed this podcast i really did and i um yes yeah, it's really nice i'm yeah, so could, proud of you as i a could human talk being. for hours so. yeah. <laughs> oh no this is we are hitting like a two hour mark right now and usually we go for like an hour but i felt like we were hitting momentums that i feel is gonna not only help me i i do watch back my stuff when stuff like touches me like when I see from a point of view of the guests that I never really saw before. I'll rewatch it. Or when we're making the clips, I'm like, damn, this is really going to help somebody see it a little bit better. Um, and this, this podcast is something that I felt like we took layers off and we were very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And so these are the podcasts that I live for. And so I really appreciate you opening up. Yeah, it's very hard to do that. You wouldn't believe the hurdles that I have. Just I think as a host, my first thing is trying to make them feel comfortable. And you sitting here, it was just, you're a firecracker, dude. And, and I, you are a superstar, hands down. Thank you. <laughs> it's Thank my you job so to be vulnerable. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything um, that you want to talk about before we sign off? Like, is there any projects that you're excited about sharing? And- um, I'm kind of still figuring everything out right now. So everything kind of comes, like once I decide something comes out, it just kind of happens really quickly now, which is great. Um, but uh, yeah, I have a song coming out in July, but I don't. I don't want to say the date yet because it might change. <laughs> Could you talk about the title? 
Uh, it's called I Should Have Fucked Your Brother. No, you're joking. <laughs> no, I swear to God. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. Olivia. <laughs> Olivia. It's not about what you think it's about, okay? I wasn't thinking it was about anybody in specific. I I'm was. Just <laughs> yeah. I was, I'm like, everyone, I know everyone's going to think that and I'm going to get the worst, most annoying comments ever, but I've been involved with different brothers before. <laughs> but I've been around the block with some brothers, so I, don't you? I've been a lot of guys with okay. a lot of brothers, okay? <laughs> also, it was kind of just like a fun idea. It could mean yeah. like fraternity it's a fun title. brothers. It could mean like... it's, but it's like, not. It's, like the it's definitely not. It's like the idea of like when someone fucks you over. Yeah. And then you're like, damn, like I picked the wrong one. It could be yeah. like... like <laughs> or when you meet their friends and like <laughs> and you realize like damn this one like kind of is the worst one like i should yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pick the wrong one <laughs> <laughs> well we're gonna leave it there guys thanks for watching um make sure you look out for i should have fucked your brother by <laughs> olivia o'brien in july <laughs> <laughs> we don't have the date but we know which brother she shouldn't have fucked <laughs> uh, thank you so much for uh for having me uh i'll see you guys later and peace